You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Aaron Hook. Rowan Radio 89.7, RowanRadio.com, Channel 2, coming to you live here on this Monday afternoon, 5.02 p.m. here in Glassboro. I'm your host, Aaron Hood, here with the Monday edition of Offsides, and joined by Owen Colwell and Chris DeZillo, and we are back after the week-long hiatus for spring break. want to start off by... Asking you fellas if uh, you did anything exciting over over the break. Whoever whoever wants to go first. I went I went to uh, Nashville for four days. Okay. Went to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was uh, pretty fun. That sounds pretty exciting, Owen. I was just hanging out. I saw my friends from high school. Like they, they uh, one of my friends goes to Indiana. Another one to Maryland. So it was good to see mm. them again. A lot of big, uh, a lot of Big Ten basketball this weekend that they were probably uh, yeah stretching definitely. out over. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, spring break, it's over. So, uh, my final spring break ever is is over. Uh, and how does that feel? I don't know. <laughs> it makes you I don't like. I don't love it. it. Makes you feel old. Yes. Um, but yeah. So. We are here now on March the 18th, uh, so we are quickly headed towards the beginning of April. Spring, like officially, I guess, uh, is around the corner. And um, so let's start, guys, with uh, the theme of March, and that, of course, is March Madness. We had the uh, bracket reveal, the selection show yesterday. And uh, there were a couple. There were a couple controversies with, with the uh, bracket. I'm gonna pull up the bracket here now. First of all, I just want to ask you guys off the rip, how much basket, how much college basketball do you guys watch? Like, were you watching the bracket last? Night? Did you guys even watch the selection show? No. no. See, no. to me, that's a little that's a little crazy to not even watch it. But okay, now I have a sense of your guys' knowledge of. The bracket and college. So you guys, is it just a? Uh, it's it's just you don't have a team, or you just don't really find college as interesting as, as the NBA. Yeah, it's like I don't really have a team. Uh huh. I've 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 watched March Madness before, obviously, but I've just like never really been into it for whatever reason. Okay. I have a team, but they just they just suck. Who's your team? Florida State. Florida State. Um, like they weren't too bad this year, I don't think. Right, weren't too bad. weren't a, They weren't particularly a bubble team, but yeah. So I mean, there were there were some controversies with the with the tournament bracket. Um, just so you guys are aware, like <coughs> FAU, who I don't know if you guys remember, made a run to the Final Four last year, actually, uh, as a number nine seed, crazy run, and they actually almost made it to the 
national title game. San Diego State beat them on a buzzer beater last year in the Final Four. They did not win their conference this year um, in the regular in the regular season or uh, their conference tournament, I'm pretty sure. And so people were kind of thinking they were maybe a team that would be left out or at least on the bubble. And bubble teams are usually put in that play-in game between either 10 and 11 seeds in the first four. Um, and they were given an eight seed, which surprised a lot of people. A lot of people thought they were given that seed kind of unfairly, kind of, you know, securely in the first round. Now, if they do win, they'll have to play UConn, who's the number one team in the country. But that was a big controversy. Uh, some other just seeding stuff, really, like Iowa State, who blew out the number one team in the country, Houston, the other day in the um, in the Bid 12 championship. They were kind of a team that was looked at as potentially the fourth number one seed, and yet they were given a two seed in UConn's bracket. So they were given a really uh, kind of difficult path, even though they took down the number one team in the country by, I think, 20-plus points in the conference championship game. Um, Michigan State, another team on the bubble, a lot of people thought probably should have been left out. I mean, there were teams, you know, the Big East, which has the number one team in the country, and UConn has Marquette, who's a number two seed. And then they have Creighton, who's a three seed in this year's tournament. Um, they're one of the better leads conferences in the country, and those were the only three teams that made it. No Providence, who had a really good year, and no St. John's, who had a pretty good year as well. So there were some controversies there. Someone, um, someone was telling me before that Seton Hall guy robbed. Yeah, Seton Hall, same thing, out of the Big East, a team that probably did deserve to make it. Their resume was right there. Uh, and they got left out. I mean, there are bubble teams every year that probably deserve to make the tournament, and that's why they've talked about expanding it. And I guess I'll ask you guys, like, would you like to see the field of sits the AP expanded at some point? I have my opinion, but I don't want to share it yet. I want to get your guys's. Um, as a person who doesn't really have a ton of knowledge on March Madness, I think I'd like to see it expanded just because – I think it would be more interesting mm-hmm. to have more teams in it and it's going to it's going to make the race to the final four like much more interesting <laughs> right. I feel like. No, I that's a I think that's a totally valid point of view. I think you know, I don't know what they would expand it to because obviously it's got to be a multiple of of 8, right? Or 4, I guess. So I don't know if you want to go from 68 to 82 teams or something, like I don't know. Um or 84 teams, I guess it would be. But I mean, Chris, I'd say the same thing. I'd like to see it, but it depends on what the number is. You can't go – because, like, I'm right. saying right now, it will go from, like, 64 to 32. If they would do up, like, another 32, you have, like, what, 90, 96. 90, 96. Yeah. I mean, like you can't, let, you can't let everyone in, that's, right? Like, yeah. that's, you know? that's nuts. <laughs> and, you know, the thing is with, with college basketball is even if you win for – the, for the one bid lead, like the smaller conferences – even if you're the regular season champion, same thing, obviously, you know, in, in division. Not, well, not, I can't say same thing in division three, actually, because really there's more, there's more, or there's less at large bids in this tournament for division one. Because, like, with us at Rowan, our beloved profs did not win their conference tournament this year. Yeah. However, they still ended up making the NCAA tournament division three bracket as an at-large team, and they made to, made it to the Sweet 16. Had a nice run. Mm-hmm. But these lower-level leads, uh, one-bid leads, you have to win your conference tournament. But it varies li- conference to conference on what the cutoff is for who makes the conference tournament. You know, So, like, 
The Ivy League, which has eight schools, only half made the conference tournament. There's no buy-in for the fir- for the top two seeds. Princeton was the number one team in the Ivy League this year. They lost to Brown, and they, they didn't make the tournament. And they had a great year. Princeton is absolutely one of the best 64 teams in the country, but they didn't make it. Um, so some people have kind of questioned the committee's um, way of thinking. Virginia is another team that sparked a bunch of controversy. It's like they just didn't have that many impressive wins. Um, they didn't do. They didn't make much noise in the ACC tournament or anything like that. They were just kind of a you know a solid team, but maybe not an NCAA tournament team. And I think some people believe that because of their pedigree and their past, um, they were put into the tournament over some more deserving teams. But I always love watching the selection show because I'm just. I love seeing the matchups and like I've gotten more into kind of like the these smaller teams and like some of the players, you know, some of maybe the big time transfers who transferred to smaller schools and just the stories that come along with them. Like uh, I'll leave you guys with this because I don't want to bore you, but uh, Duquesne out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, they won the Atlanta 10 conference yesterday. First time they're going to the NCAA tournament in 47 years and their wow. coach – uh, who just announced he will retire after the tournament? He coached LeBron James in high school, wow. in Akron, wow. Ohio, St. Mary, uh, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. He was a longtime coach at Akron, who were also in the tournament this year. But it's just you know you find these cool stories, and I love seeing these matchups, filling out my bracket like as soon as possible. So, um, but yeah, I'm shocked neither of you guys even watched the selection show. But I guess if you're not a college basketball like person. It, do, it probably doesn't mean that much to you. You just want to see the bracket, fill it out. You know what that's I mean? Exactly so. what, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> um, okay, so that's enough March Madness, but uh, we do have the first four tipping off tomorrow in Dayton. Um, obviously, the two 16 seed matchups, and then we have the two 10 seed matchups um, to see who makes it into the round of 64. And then on Thursday, the first round games will tip off at noon, I believe. And so... Uh, that's always a great memory for me too. It's like, you know, in class, it's like seventh period. We got like two hours left, <laughs> but the damn dames are tipping off, man. So right. I whip out the Chromebook. Yeah. Junior I, year, man. Yeah. And I throw on yep. those dames, baby. Oh man. Those are the days. That's <laughs> the most college basketball I've ever watched. Junior <laughs> year of high school. What time are the games tomorrow? Do you know? Uh, so the first four usually are at night. I want to say, uh, I have it. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. 640 uh-huh. and 910. Yeah, there you go. So tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And Wednesday. So if you guys want to lock in on Howard versus Wagner, uh, you can do that at whatever time, 640 or 910. But um, yeah, so uh, March is obviously uh, here. It really is here now. Like We have a tournament field starting tomorrow. Uh, this is one of the best times of year for sure. Um, conference championship week was excellent as well. But there is more going on. And uh, like we were talking about, guys, before we came on here, um, we had realized that with spring break being last week, we pretty much missed like every big move made yeah. during this free agency um, period here, You know, from the legal tampering period to now actually being in the midst of free agency. Uh, and still a month away or so from the draft. So, you know, we have a lot of bid moves to talk about. But I think 
I think the one we should start with was the one that definitely ruffled the most feathers here in the Rowan Radio Sports Department, as there, of course, is the hive of Philadelphia Eagles fans, the local guys, and then there are guys who, um, you know, root for the teams up north, that being the New York Giants and maybe even the New York Jets. Um, But a beloved former Giant signed with the Eagles last week, and that was running back Saquon Barkley. Um, it had been suspected that the you know the Eagles kind of had ties to him for a while, but with Barkley refusing to sign a new contract with the Giants, didn't want to play under the franchise tag for the second year in a row. He said, "I'm out." Eagles come in, scoop him up. Uh, I just want to get your guys' initial reactions on this move. Um, lay it all out there, seriously, and we'll let Chris start as the Giants fan. When I, when it first came out, I was I was in tears. I was pissed because we we literally offered him the same amount last year before the tag, and he he wanted more. I think it was what more guaranteed money. I think yeah, so. I that was the, yeah the gripe. But I I feel like we gave him the same amount that they gave him. They gave him thirty. They gave him three years for thirty seven, and then a twenty six million in um and signing bonus. But it just it just angers me that. I knew this was coming, and they probably weren't going to sign him because we know Joe Shane doesn't like to pay, pay running backs like he did in Buffalo. But it, but did it really have to be the Eagles? Did it have to be like? It just, I just hate it. I, I can't stand it. That's how. That's how I feel because I, I had a feeling Saquon wasn't coming back. I expected that. I was, I was really upset when I found out, and. Um, <laughs> You know, just things I've seen, again, like Chris said, the Giants offered him more years, more money last year before they eventually tagged him. And uh, he he also said, Saquon himself said, what was it, like two months ago that he wanted to be a Giant for life? Yeah. Something like that. And then I just, again, as we're, we're going to talk about this later, but there were other moves that happened involving running backs. But I thought Baltimore could have used him. I thought the Chargers could have used him. I thought Houston. I thought Houston would have been a great fit for him. Yep. I'm I'm just upset he went to the Eagles out of all teams. Yeah, well, I mean, you saw DeAndre Swift sign with the Bears, and so the Eagles definitely were in the market for a back, and uh, they go ahead and sign Saquon to a three-year, uh, $37.5 million deal. Um, like you said, Saquon had previously said that you know he wanted to stay with the Giants. Um, there were also some kind of social media outbursts with him going at uh, Titi Barber, yeah. Who you know on the on the on the radio, I I thought Titi usually was very um, supportive of of Saquon in his time here. I never really heard Saquon, you know, in in the sport in the New York sports media or talk radio or whatever. I never thought Saquon was really ever like targeted too much. I mean, you know, when when he had a when he had a crappy game or um you know whatever, um he was fairly criticized, I think, but you know, it's New York. Uh, outside of that, I think everyone understood that last year the decision to pay Daniel Jones over Saquon Barkley was the wrong move. It was the wrong move by Joe Shane. 
um, who obviously, like you said, Chris, has the philosophy of you don't pay a running back. And I always go back to the previous regime who drafted Saquon in the first place with the number two pick, which is just a cardinal sin, right? In today's league, you do not take a running back that high. It's really not supposed to be, you know, the consensus is you don't even take one in the first round unless they're generational. Like Saquon was coming out and like B. John Robinson was right. last year, right? So there are exceptions, but, you know, Joe Shane comes in and he, I, I think right away he just saw Saquon as a less valuable asset than maybe he is. And um, going to Philadelphia now with that great offensive line, despite the loss of Jason Kelsey, um, I think Saquon's got a pretty good chance to to be a, a nightmare for the Giants twice a year. And, and the lead, really, that is, uh, you know, as a whole, I should say, because running behind that line, if they're able to open up holes for him, I think Saquon uh, still has some of that juice from even his rookie year pre-injury uh, where he can be one of the better backs in the lead. So. Yeah, I think going back to what you said about being f- the media being fair to him, I feel like th- that was the case because – he was hurt for a decent chunk of time. He got hurt in the second game against the Bears when he tore his ACL a few years ago. Yeah. But I'm just going to be honest. The Giants have never had a good O-line when never. Saquon has been here or with the Giants. So while I do think he is a good fit with the Eagles, and I like you said, Aaron, I do think he's going to do well there. It's just it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow as a – as a guy who the only NFL jersey that I have is a Saquon, Saquon jersey. And I'm not trying to throw it out or burn it or anything. So what's going to happen next? I don't know. But Just put a Singletary paper over it. Yeah, that, that, it. that might have to happen. Yeah, I think it is just the burn, guys, of him going to, of all teams, Philly, right? It's like if you went to Houston, you couldn't be too upset. Right, I, w- I would be celebrating with him. I'd but be- now you have to see him twice a year. Right. Wearing that Kelly dream. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I really don't mean to rub it in. To be honest, I didn't. Th- he is a good fit, but at the time, I didn't think the Eagles needed Saquon because you could put any running back behind that line and they'll be fine. Like they did with Swift, like they did with Gamewell. They don't need like that type of guy Saquon is. And Hertz, Hertz can run a decent amount too. Mm-hmm. So True. I mean, that, that attack now with him and Saquon is going to be pretty deadly. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was definitely a shocking move for Saquon to land in Philly, but uh, I, 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 like we've said, I do think he he fits well there. Uh, unfortunately for you guys, so, um, yeah, I, not really much more you can say. I, again, three years, thirty-seven and a half million dollars, um, for Saquon Barkley, who uh, will be twenty-eight. He will be 28 by the time next season is over. So he will, he's entering his age 27 season. So, um, you know, likely still has a couple more uh, good years under his belt. Uh, you talked about some of the other moves, Owen, regarding running backs. Um, one guy who we have yet to see come off the board is uh, Derrick Henry, uh, who's still out in the open market. Is he not? He went to the Ravens. He went to the Ravens. When last week it kind of got it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Wait a minute! He signed like a two-year, sixteen million contract with uh, (laughs) the Ravens. Oh wow! Yeah, 
slipped my mind. Okay, disregard. But, I mean, that, there's another one right there talking about Henry going to the Ravens. I mean, that's another one where you have now a running back quarterback combo right. running mm-hmm. the ball where it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Behind another great offensive line in the Ravens. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and then Tony Pollard also out of Dallas to Tennessee. Right. Tennessee. So, you know, uh, Cowboys were heavy on Derrick Henry in, the, in that sweepstakes, but uh, now they're looking for a back. And, uh, yeah. Cowboys haven't really done a whole lot. No, they have not. So, um, and I think, um, no, it was who just signed. I know Quez Watkins signed somewhere, correct? Um, or someone's looking to sign him. Let me see. I know I that the Cowboys lost another receiver, but oh, the, oh, they cut Michael Gallup. Yeah, okay, there you go. So they got rid of Gallup, um, and, they cu- and they cut another receiver. I think they cut someone. I don't know why they haven't made a move. They they need to make a move. And Jerry Jones says they're all in. That does not look like the case. Quez Watkins has not signed yet. He um the Eagles have interest in re-signing him. The Dolphins have interest in him. Uh yeah, that's that's kind of all I'm seeing on his front. Um okay, so let's see some of the other bigger ones here. So we had Kirk Cousins to Atlanta. Um, ridiculous contract. You like that? Do we like that? I, eh. think it was, I think it was a little ridiculous. Yeah, what did he get? Five for... He got four for 180, 100 guaranteed. Wow. Four, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's a lot. It's So what's that, 45 a year? So, you know, again, I always... I mean, you know, I think that's just... I mean, how much... How much 45 for Kirk... Um. Yeah, I I mean I think honestly, in today's market for quarterbacks, it's probably a fair price. Atlanta didn't need a quarterback, but I wasn't expecting that type of contract for Kirk. Right. Um. Maybe like a two, three, not, f- or maybe like a one or two. Now like not a four. I mean, so Baker Mayfield signed a three for one fifteen. That's thirty eight million a year. Um, so I, I, 40 is really like nothing anymore. 40 million is like, yeah, you're a good quarterback. (laughs) It's just crazy. And especially what Daniel Jones got last year. I think Kirk Cousins is a better QB than Daniel Jones. Oh yeah. So I mean, I would agree. Um, speaking of quarterbacks who are paid a lot, uh, maybe not so much anymore, but Russell Wilson has a new home, Pittsburgh. And, uh, this situation got a lot more. Uh, interesting over the weekend. Uh, but just to say with Russ, um, Wilson signing a one-year deal with the Steelers. So like we had talked about, I think it was us on offsides yeah. who said a couple weeks back, it's like if Russ is going to sign anywhere, it's going to have to be on that one-year prove-it deal. Like No one's going to give him a, a secure two-year, three-year deal at this point. He just did not do enough in Denver, um, even with the better year he had last year. So one year, $1.2 million for Russ in Pittsburgh. But then, over this weekend, the Steelers made things pretty interesting. They went out and traded for Justin Fields, as the Bears now have a clear path to draft Caleb Williams with the number one pick. But what do we think about this Justin Fields trade relative to the Russ signing? Because I think there is going to be, I would assume, a competition there, right? Unless they just plan to 
have Justin Fields in like a weird like wildcat uh, type of role where he comes in for like trick plays. You know what I mean? It's like apparently I read somewhere that Tomlin told Fields that Wilson is going to be the starter. Okay. And that's I agree with that. I think that's the right move, at least for now. Same. And if Wilson doesn't play well, I think I still have faith in Justin Fields. I know some people don't, but I do. I think that I do too. he can be a good quarterback. So Agreed. I, I think, you know, the, it, I mean, he's obviously just a dynamic player right now because of his ability on the ground. So he is an asset as a whole, as, an, as the whole package of a quarterback. Um, First of all, I think Russ is probably, even at this stage of his career, probably a decent guy to sit yeah. behind and learn from. Yeah. Um, you know, because Russ, he wasn't really allowed to do it in Denver, but we've known Russell Wilson as a guy who likes to push the ball down the field, likes to take chances. And I think Justin Fields, honestly, could use a little bit more of that, right? I mean, make the tight window throw mm. 20, 25, 30 yards down the field, man. Like, you have a rocket arm. We know that. Like we saw it in college. Like you have the capability to make big throws. Uh, so, Chris, what do you think of of the Steelers getting themselves two new quarterbacks uh, for the for the Justin Fields trade for the Bears side? Real quick, I didn't I didn't like this on I, I didn't like the trade because I uh-huh. think it was a well it was a six round pick, it, but it was like a, it was it was a conditional six that turned into a four, right? Yeah, if he played. 50% of the snaps or something like that, it would be a fourth rounder. Which I think is stupid because you knew w- once you traded him that he wasn't go- that he's not going to get that much playing time being the backup for Russ. Right. And, and really the only case he would play <coughs> that threshold would be if Russ got hurt. Right. Yeah. And, and you could have got um, better deals from other teams that we don't – I think they said like – I don't know if they said a team, but teams were offering more for Justin Fields, and they took that, which I think is just ridiculous. It is a pretty low bar for a return, right? I mean, this guy was a first-round pick, uh, 2021, and a 2025 sits that could become a fourth. It's like that's the best-case scenario is a fourth-round pick. Um, I mean, I think, I think, Chris, the one thing that the Bears, and to your point, Obviously, getting a six-round pit back is not a lot. But I think trading him to Pittsburgh was ultimately the reason why I think they're a little bit more content with that return because they know, at least immediately, he's not playing this year. So, or, I mean, at least he... If all goes well for the Steelers and and the Rust contract and the Rust deal, like, Justin Fields is not probably going to see the field a ton this year. Right. So I, I guess that's the only way that I could, like, rationalize it for them. But I'm with you, Chris. I think you could have gotten more bad for a guy who ran for nearly 1,000 yards, right? Um, right? And so maybe like a, a f- like an actual fourth. Right. Pick. Yeah, fourth. Not I mean, again, this guy <laughs> is a young quarterback who obviously has good traits about him. He's showing potential, too. Just needs to figure it out. Um, and he had he was playing a good stretch of football, um, or he has at, at times of it in his career. It's just you know he's got he's got to put it together. He's got Zach Wilsonitis, man. And the Bears didn't really have a great old line, so we couldn't. Right, that's true too. He's twenty. He's twenty five years old. Just turned twenty five. So there's a lot of time there. Still young for Jay Fields. Um, 
Okay. 530. Um, let's see. I, I, I think we should just keep it here with the, uh, with the free agency signings. You guys being Giants fans, uh, let's make your let's let's cheer you up a little bit. Uh, what did you guys think of the Brian Burns trade? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I honestly loved it because at first, um, I think it was last year, the the Ram, the Rams offered two first and a second for Brian Burns and declined it, and and the Giants gave up a second and a fifth, which is incredible. The thing that bo- that boggles my mind a little bit is the contract that they gave him. It's like five years, 150, mm. 87 and a half guaranteed, which I think. Yeah, he's like the he's, second highest paid edge rusher now. Right, he's like tw- he's 25. He still has he has potential, but I wasn't expecting them to give to them to give him that that high of a contract that they did. As mu- as much as I love it, I'm just worried about the money a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, for his, I think for for his age. And his talent, I think. I think uh, I wouldn't be as worried as you are, Chris, because I like, think we've seen guys, even like the TJ Watt, who turns thirty this year. Daniel Hunter's thirty. Um, Trey Hendrickson is thirty. You know, guys can do it up until their early thirties, but I think after that, what happens? Right? It's like if he yeah. if he does play out his five year deal with the Giants and he's productive. Right, it's like then what do you do? Do right. you give him another three to four year deal, even though most pass rushers after like their age thirty or thirty one season just drop off, right? Um, yeah, and this does Owen make him now the second highest in terms of in terms of AAV and total contract value. Brian Burns is the second highest paid edge rusher in the league behind only Nick Bosa. Um, so where do you kind of sit on on the trade and the contract that he got from the Giants? Yeah, I mean, like Chris said, I I liked it. I liked it a lot. The Giants, their defense, especially their D line, looks really scary now. Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari is still there. He gets hurt a lot, but hopefully he can stay healthy. And then you you add Brian Burns, and I just think. On the day where the Giants lost Saquon Barkley, I thought doing uh, getting Brian Burns just a few hours after Saquon signs, the perfect way to reel Giants fans back in. Now, I just this just rem- this just leads me to believe that the Giants just have to get a wide receiver in the draft, right? Yeah, because they, they uh, if you take a look at their depth chart, it's. It's not looking too good right now at the wide receiver yeah. position. So no. it's mostly rookies. Yeah. Well, CBS's mock uh, updated today has the Giants taking Malik Neighbors with the sixth <laughs> overall pitch. So that would be pretty perfect, I think, if you're the Giants. Um, if I'm being honest, I probably I would rather have Rome. Odunze? I do. I like Odunze. Both are very, very good players. I don't think Giants fans would be upset with either. Um, yeah. I think I think both are going to be really, really good. Um, I wouldn't mind either, but I like but I like Rome a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, here's the here's the top ten from Ryan Wilson updated today of his mock draft. Taylor Williams, Jane Daniels, Drake May are one, two, three. So three quarterbacks off the board. Commanders get. Daniels, Patriots say Drake, Drake May. Okay. 
Uh, Marv to the Cardinals, JJ McCarthy at five to the Vikings in a trade up spot. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's crazy. Malik neighbor six, Joe Alt seven to Tennessee, Jared Verse at eight to the Falcons, Dallas Turner nine to the Bears, and Romo Dunze ten to the Jets. Um, I mean, I I think with the Giants, I mean the plan at quarterback now is definitely a little shaky because of. You know, what was said, I think, by Rich Eisen at the combine, which is that the Giants are pretty much done with, with Daniel Jones. But, I mean, what what do they really do at this point, you know? If you ha- if you want a quarterback, you got to go trip to the top three. You have to. If you want a quarterback, if you, you want, want right, May, Daniels, Daniels Drake, right, if you May, want May or Daniels, right. You need to, like, give up a lot because you have to figure out if that's the your franchise guy for the next few years. And if you don't like it, just stay at six and take a court, and take a receiver, and and get and figure out the quarterback next year. Have Drew Locke compete for a chance to oh start. I, I, I still can't believe York. I actually think he's gonna compete. Like that's like that's a joke. Well, that's what that's what sold him on going to the Giants. They told him he'll have a chance. Drew so. Locke, baby. <laughs> I mean, if he comes in and beats the Eagles, I'll be I'll be fan, I'll be ecstatic. He did um, it last year. <laughs> he did it once. He can do it again. Mm-hmm. So here's a article by Jeff Howe in The Athletic two days ago. What I'm hearing on QB battles. So let's go. Giants proclamation. Let's get the, he says, let's get this out of the way. Daniel Jones is expected to be the New York Giants starting quarterback as soon as he's healthy to assume the role. The arrival of Drew Lott didn't change that sentiment. The, yeah, right? So though Seattle Seahawks general manager John Schneider added some confusion to the situation, during your radio appearance on Seattle Sports 710 AM. Uh, and this is the quote you were referring to, Owen. They basically sold him on the opportunity to compete to be the starter. Um, but then he says, Drew Locke himself says, Daniel Jones is the starter of this team. That's been conveyed to me. Okay. So Daniel Jones is running. You're, you're running it back, boys. Yeah, we um, are. I mean <laughs> – it's three wins like, this year. We don't mean to dunk on Daniel Jones. We don't. He's a good guy. Nice guy. Mm. But I saw a clip on Twitter the other day, and it was like it was like a, a throwback clip to his first game against Tampa. You guys remember it? Mm-hmm. Legendary performance by Danny Dimes there. Yeah. Um, and everyone was like hyping up Daniel Jones in 2024. It's crazy. Just like the post was like, remember when Daniel Jones led this epic comeback? And it was like, yeah, it was a great moment. But everyone's like, everyone's like, bro. And I'm like, all right. I mean, <laughs> Daniel Jones, if you give him a couple nice receivers, I mean, we've seen. He can uh, do a little bit of damage. So. We tried the Galladay didn't work out. <laughs> no. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that was just, wow. That was a big miss of the Giants. Um, What else, what else, what else? Hey, you guys can throw anything out there. Any moves? I mean, Eckler. Not that big, but Eckler went to the. uh, There's another Commanders. Yep. Austin Eckler to the Commanders. Fantasy Merchant, although he really wasn't good in fantasy last year. But uh, that's cool, I guess. Houston Uh, traded for Joe Mixon. Yes. Joe Mixon, John. Deontay Johnson got traded. Yes. So Joe Mixon, yeah, to um, Houston. And then uh, Deontay Johnson did get moved. That I don't um, understand, though. To Carolina. 
That I don't get. Why they why you would trade Deontay Johnson? Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it would, it almost has to be, money related. I would assume. But it's like now you're giving Russ only George Pickens. To, I mean, and, I mean, if he's if you're gonna say he's a, a target, if, I mean, fire me. Fire me, yeah, but he, right. Um. Yeah. So, reportedly, open conversations. Um, for a player who was no longer in their long-term plans. So I guess, yeah, I guess they just didn't want to really pay Deontay. Um, let's see when his, uh, contract is up here. Yeah, so, uh, right. So he'll make 7 million this year with Carolina and then his deal is done. So. Steelers did not want to extend him, um, especially if I guess they kept him and he had another nice season. Then they would kind of be at uh, a crossroads. So they move him um, to the Panthers. Um, and, yeah, Bryce Young, it's a, it's a nice little receiver. Um, so they got the... They also got, okay, so the Steelers got Dante Jackson back from Carolina. They also got the 178th pick um, in the draft. So that was a move. Anything else? Uh, Jerry Judy to Cleveland. Jerry Judy, yes, another guy in Denver who had been kind of in rumblings for a while. Same thing with Cortland Sutton, who has not been moved. Um, Yeah, Jerry Judy to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, they've got to figure out their quarterback situation. Um, but Jerry Judy, good player. Uh, I know the Jets made a couple moves, but Morgan Moses, Morgan Moses. I think Tyron Smith was the one that really rocked me off my, off my chair there. (laughs) I didn't think Joe Douglas would do that, but the Jets, how are you feeling about the the Jets? Jets have improved the offensive line, which is. To me, it was the biggest thing um, because you don't need Aaron Rodgers running for his life back there at 40 years old coming off an Achilles tear. So mm-hmm. that is probably something you want to fix. And I think Joe Douglas really for the first time has actually gone out now and been like proactive. And he's gotten really good players, or at least players who have been really good in the past. I mean, we'll see how much Tyron Smith can hold up because he's always hurt. But uh, I guess the Jets are looking to bring on uh, Aaron Rodgers' buddy, David Bakhtiari, soon as well. He's another injury-prone guy, but he'll probably just be a backup swing tackle type of thing. So, um, yeah, man, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot that uh, that happened. Uh, Chase Young signing with the New Orleans Saints, $13 million for one year, uh, leaving the defending NFC Champion the 49ers there. Uh, we had Aaron Donald retiring in the midst of all this. What do we think about Aaron Donald hanging it up? I mean, one of the greatest defensive tackles in the history of the game, arguably the greatest. You knew it was coming at some point because he was, I think it was he was like deciding about it last year and the Rams told him to hold, hold off for at least just one more year and then and then he retired this year. It It didn't really... I saw he was retired. He was in the league for 10 years. And it didn't occur to me that he
he was in the league for because 10 years that's a pretty long time right for football i would say so yeah so it didn't really occur to me just how dominant he was for how long of a time right so i I mean look man i think the last couple years of his career maybe weren't up to par um I mean, it's funny. He still had eight sacks last year. I mean, this guy had 20 and a half sacks in 2018, man. This guy won four defensive player of the years. Like, this is one of the great defensive players ever. Really, he is. Aaron Donald. Um, So, yeah, man. Uh, Incredible, incredible career for Aaron Donald retiring at the ripe age of 32. So, congrats to him um pro football reference has this statistic called av which is approximate value i honestly have no idea how they calculate it but i'm assuming it's similar to the war statistic in baseball where it's just a measure of how valuable or how good you would be over a replacement player or something of that sort right Aaron Donald ranks 34th out of every single player who has played in the NFL since 1960. So, if you want to take that, I guess with a grain of salt because it's a pro football, it's a website's stat. But um, still, I mean, four-time defensive player of the year uh, is is pretty nutty. So, eight-time All-Pro, 10 hats, Pro Bowl, Pro Bowler, um, and uh, a Super Bowl champ with the Rams as well. In 2020. Okay. Let's keep going down the uh, the list of moves here. Um, the Giants got their, uh, what are the depth guys? They got uh, oh, yeah. John Runyon and yes, um, Jermaine Elmenor. Yep, okay. Offensive line pieces for Real quick, the I Giants. Ho- I hope Elmenor starts over um, – Starts an Evanil spot at right tackle, and they move an Evanil to guard because I cannot have, I cannot watch another Giants game with Evanil at right tackle. I, I mean, can, if I you slide Evanil to guard and he figures it out, Giants offensive line ain't right. looking too bad. Yeah, it's not looking too bad. Right, right. You go Thomas Runyon, JMS, Evanil, and then Illuminor. Yeah, right, Illuminor. So I mean, it could come together for NYG for Big Blue this year. Protect Danny Dimes at all costs. Um, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Odell Beckham Jr. is leaving. Okay. Does anyone want him? I don't know. Uh, Mike Williams is a big name out of the market, receiver market. Um, T. Higgins has also requested a trade out of Cincinnati. So those are two pretty big names on the receiver market right now that are looking for new homes. I believe Mike Williams has met with the New York Jets as of this morning. I actually saw a Jets fan on Twitter, DoorDash, Mike Evans, two Taylor Ham, Ed and Cheeses. DoorDashed it to the Jets facility at 10 a.m. this morning. Hopefully, Mr. Williams got it, and he enjoys the New Jersey slash New York cuisine, and he signs with the Jets. Let's see. Yeah, we have Chase Young here. All right, I mean, I, I just want to make sure we're not missing any of the big moves. Um... Kenny Pickett, obviously, with the influx of uh, new QBs in Pittsburgh. He was traded to the Eagles. Um, 
Calvin right. Ridley. Calvin Ridley, yes. Another guy who Tennessee was on the move. Tennessee Titans stays in the division there. Titans have been pretty active. I was shocked that he went to the Titans. I'm not going to lie. I think he signed. I mean, he, he signed for... He signed for a lot, I, I remember. Four for 92. So that's... What's that? Like 23 million a year? It's a good amount of money. It is. Keenan Allen to the Bears. Keenan Allen. Okay. Another, yeah. I mean, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, I think that's such a great move for the Bears. I, love, I loved it, I loved yeah. It. Is it not right? I mean, Call me crazy, but I feel like they could have got a little more for Keenan Allen. The Bears? Or uh, the Chargers? The Chargers. They were doing it to because they had a lot of... A lot of cap, cap, yeah. uh, cap space uh, problems. But I like the move, but I just feel like they could have got, like, Maybe like a second or a third, because the guy has has what multiple thousand yards, thousand yard seasons in a row, right? Isn't it he, like still up, still going right now? Twelve hundred yards last year. Like that's like that's crazy. Fourth round pick. So yeah, Keenan Allen last year, twelve hundred yards, seven touchdowns. Um, in four of his last five seasons, he has over a hundred catches and six plus touchdowns in each. Of those four out of five seasons. Um, yeah. NFL free agency has been a whirlwind. There were a lot of big moves this year. And still uh, a lot more to come, I think. All right. We're into the last ten minutes or so of the show. And I think we should talk some baseball. Because opening day, guys, is ten days away. Ten days. March 28th. It's all happening. We have some news. Okay. DJ LeMay, who was uh, missing opening day. Yeah, I saw that. Whatever. <laughs> Garrett Cole, also missing opening day. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Andy's are injured two uh, weeks before uh, the season. Love it. Already. It's love not it. like I was expecting that. Um, Wasn't expecting Cole, but here we are. Well, I actually, yeah, no, I was I was not expecting Cole because he's been, he's been durable, but... Um, Why does it happen every year with the, with the Yankees? Why? It's cursed, man. Cursed. I mean, at least we're not as cursed as the, the Mets. Yankees haven't won anything ever. Sucks. We're not as cursed as the Mets, though. But I mean, I don't know. The Mets, Mets aren't looking too bad. There's just the pitching <laughs> rotation is just full of question marks. Will Severino, who's been, he's had a great spring. Will he, will he be able to live up to it? Then you got Adrian Hauser, Jose Quintana, obviously. Tyler McGill, Sean Manaya. Who did they did they say who the opening days that guys? Quintana. Quintana, okay. Yeah. So well actually we have the Dodgers and Padres, right, who open uh open this yeah. They open what? On the twenty first? Thursday? Wednesday and Thursday in Korea. Right. Yeah, so Wednesday it'll be Tyler Glass now getting the opening day start. On my fantasy team, need a big one there. Six oh five a.m. first pitch. You waking up for it? Oh yeah. Wednesday? What do I have Wednesday? Wednesday I don't have class. Wednesday I have an a, I have an so eight a.m. So I actually have no reason to wake up early, but I might. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Tyler, well, there's there you go. There's your excuse. Get up two hours before, watch some baseball, and go to class. Glass now against you, Darvish in the opener, and then uh, Yamamoto. 
Yamamoto did game two for the Dodgers against Joe Musgrove on wow. Thursday. And then the rest of baseball uh, begins opening day, March 28th. The New York Mets sending out Jose, Tw- uh, Jose Quintana to the bump for opening day. It's Freddie Peralta and the Milwaukee Brewers. The Yankees will be on the road against their arch nemesis, Houston Astros, with nasty Nestor Cortez getting the start against Framber Valdez. So I hope I'm hyping you guys up here because I feel like there's a dampness around New a York little baseball bit. right now. A right? little bit, yeah. And there were such high expectations, especially for the Yankees, like yeah. two weeks ago. People were like, this is the best team in the AL, man. They're going to the World Series, man. If they stay healthy, guess what? They didn't stay healthy already. Couldn't stay healthy. Mets, pretty much same thing. Senior, see ya. Um, Like, did it have to be? It's a a transition year for the Mets. Rebuild year, whatever. Whatever you want to call it. Down year. This is make or break for the Yankees this year with Soto. (sighs) Well, yeah, Soto's on a one-year deal. So, if they underperform, he is leaving. See ya. Coming across the city to Queens. Oh, 2025. Yeah, that's yeah, what's happening. Right. I think so. I mean, the Mets can probably offer them the most money. They do have a lot of money. So do the Yankees, though. Steve Cohen has a lot of money. Well, so does Hal. What do we think to want? So let's say, let's let's just hypothetical. We love doing these fake things, right? So let's get fake. Right. Say the Yankees, the Yankees get brutally injured, which is no one to no one's surprise, right? <laughs> And they win 85 games. Okay. Just out of a wild card spot. They missed the playoffs. 85 and 77. Okay. But Juan Soto stays healthy the whole year, right? There's just turmoil around him at every turn. And he hits 45 home runs and drives in 120 runs and hits 300. How much money is he going to get paid? $600 million. I think that's probably a good figure. Yeah. Right? That's a good guess. I would say between five and $600 million is what... Juan Soto is going to get paid. And by the way, uh, he is 25 years old and he won't be 26 until October 25th. So he'll be 26 when he's going to sign this monster deal um, mm-hmm. in the offseason with whoever has that type of money. So let's just pray it's not the Dodgers. Right? This is Juan Soto's fifth full year in the big leagues and he's 25 years old. <laughs> It's so crazy. It's like the Jason Tatum being 19 memes. That's so crazy. Yeah, you're. I can't believe that. Yeah, he came up in 2018 at 19, 116 games. So that's not a full season. And this yeah. is a fifth full season, sixth full season. 19, 20, you know, 47 out of the possible 60 games. I guess right. Um, okay. So that's two. 2021 was three. 22, yeah. This is going to be his sixth full season in the big leagues, and he's 25, which is pretty nuts. So uh, there's some news I'm, I'm seeing. Oh, Saquon Barkley, number 26 of the Philadelphia Eagles official. New numbers are in. Much to the dismay of Chris Gazillo. Wow. Chris, how are we feeling? Hurt. Is Saquon a traitor? Yeah. I, I agree. He's, he's dead to me. <laughs> I agree. Wow. Braids, I mean, look, man, the exit was not the smoothest. Let's be uh, let's be honest. I mean, he. I think he even admitted he, he could have yeah, handled he it did. a bit better. Um, I, I don't know if you guys saw his press conference when he when he uh, met with the Eagles. Uh-huh. 
he was like, uh, seeing my daughter in eagle green in um, eagles colors. My daughter is seeing the ugly side of this rivalry. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. He really he what really hammered in the uh, narrative, which that, means uh, like he, he was saying like we've been on the losing side of this. My daughter's seeing the losing side now, and now we're on the winning side. Which, 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 which is why I say he's nail on, because nail of in that. the coffin. <laughs> and then, and then, two months before, he's saying he wants to be a giant. Now he's saying he's being, he's on the ugly side. That's Crazy, that's, that's what confuses me. I thought you wanted to be a giant for life. Yeah, it's it's upsetting. It certainly is. Um, and, and then, real quick, with the Tiki yeah. Barber stuff, I didn't really like. I don't know why Saquon did that. Because, did you guys see the Tiki Barber clip? Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. It looked like Tiki Barber was joking at that with that clip. He was Tiki Barber did not mean did not actually mean saying that you're dead to us. He was on WAN joking about it. Yeah, I, I think there was no. He was he, definitely exaggerating on the radio a bit. Right. But I think what he meant, maybe saying you're dead to me, it's like okay, yeah, that's gonna like. Yeah, starts like some, a guy's not going to want right. to hear that. But what he meant, I think, is the truth. And I think Saquon knows it, is that the fan base isn't very happy with you right now, dude. Right. Like, and there is a taste to be made on Saquon's side as well, is that... He went for the money. You, The Giants could have offered him a little bit more money, and you're probably not having this issue. But Joe Shane decided to go in a different direction. And it obviously ends with Saquon heading to Philly, so... Um, I just feel bad for you guys because you have two more years. Well, actually, no, Chris, you you have next year, and then Owen, oh, you've got a lot of time here, my man. So yeah. you're gonna enjoy the reign of Saquon in Philly for its entirety. Can't much. wait, can't wait, Chris. You'll get to see the first year of it, uh, and then probably leave before it gets too bad. But yeah. um, <laughs> man, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I really can't even think of like anything that's happened to me like this, like. A player leaving for a division rival. Probably the closest would be when Darrell Rivas became a Patriot in 2015. That was a little upsetting for me, but it's okay. Still. When uh, when the Eagles lose in the uh, lose again in the first round, I'll be uh, I'll be laughing in the uh, group chat. I'll be the first one to comment. <laughs> okay, because all right. A little bit of chokers. Uh, I don't know. What do we want to do? We have five minutes. Four minutes. Do we want to stay baseball? Or do we want to stay baseball? We do a little hockey. Let's do. What's What's going on in hockey that I need to know about? Ryan Lindgren, who was a defenseman for the Rangers, got hurt last night. What happened? So like, um, he collided with. Uh, I think it was Joe. Uh, I said I think it's Padgett Peugeot. Uh-huh. And he went into the boards. They went. They both went to the boards, and Peugeot like went down. And like he had his, and he had Lingren's stick, and when he, and w- when Lingren went down, his like knee buckled underneath and hit the and hit the uh, ice first, and yeah. now he's out for, and now he's out for a few weeks. I'm pulling, uh, I'm pulling the video up. It's yeah, it just happened yesterday. Yeah, Ryan Lindgren, love him, fighter, grit, grit. He gets hurt a lot though. Oof. Yeah, you, you, got, see, you, you see got it, right? Like, pinned up against the board, right? And then yeah, and then and What's then you see his, yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that that looks that looks rough. That being said, uh, wish him all the best on his way back. With uh, how about Matt Rempe getting a four-game suspension? Oh wow, they finally gave it. 
He'll, Why? What did he do this time? Um, so he was going in for a hit on um, Joni Siegenthaler, uh-huh. and he like because Siegenthaler is like six, um, is like what five ten, five nine. Um, Matt Rempe's like 6'7 yeah. and when um, Siegenthaler went down like this Rempe's elbow went right into his went right into his head <laughs> okay um, no yeah I mean um, <laughs> yeah no I, I, Rempe I mean all I've seen of him Owen is that he's just this battering ram of a of a hockey player. Like there's this there's a movie. I don't know. So there's a movie called Goon. G O O G O O N. And no, don't laugh. Don't laugh. <laughs> don't laugh. Uh, 2011, dude. I love this movie. I actually love this movie. It's about this big dude who is like a he's like a he's like a not very good hockey player. But they he went signs with this junior not junior <coughs> club. I just minor league team. And he's basically just there to beat the crap out of people, right? And it's he, he reminds me of, of Rempe. Like he's, like, he's like the movie version of him where it's just like anytime there's like a player on the other team that they don't like, they're just like, dude, get out there and kick his ass. Like, it's funny. Yeah, so. well, um, that's what's been going on with Rempe because he's been in, what, yeah. five fights now? Do um, you like that as a Rangers fan? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. You, you want to go? Um, I think he – I like – him as a player, I think he brings toughness to the team. I will say, though, he has to avoid suspensions. Yeah. And every time, it seems like every time he steps on the ice, the toughest guy on the other team asks him to fight. So yeah. I think he's just got to keep right. saying no and keep keep his head down and play the game. I yeah, mean, I guess it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, I, I like it. It. I saw a thing the the thing a thing the other day. He has more time in the penalty box in the five games that he came up than on the ice. That's which hilarious. I think it was like he has like <laughs> thirty two penalty minutes and fifteen in fifteen minutes played in five games. Wow. But which which is but like I want what I want from him is I want him to hit. But like in other sense with him hitting people when they're crouched down like this and like their head is down. What do you want Rempe to do? The guy is six foot seven, and he's like, yeah. and he's like Ryan Reeves on the ice. I, I guess it's just the severity of the hit, right? Like if he, you know what I mean? Elbow to the face is no fun, though. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah uh, Rangers still atop the Metro, forty-five, nineteen, and four. They're down two of their best defensemen right now. Who Fox and no, 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 Lindgren and Truba. Oh, uh, okay. Truba's out two, for two weeks. Wow. All right, they're pushing through, though. Uh, they still have the second most points in all of hockey behind Boston with 95. Um, the, two yeah. added, uh, the two added players are actually looking really good, and uh, Jack Roslevic and uh, Alex Wenberg. Nice. Okay. Well, it looks like everything's going well at the Darden, so we could have, uh, you know, whenever I talk to like, my dad about, like, and this is the last thing, about like, the glory days of New York sports, you know? He's always like, he's always like, when, when, or this is what I've really heard from most people. Like, when the Darden was like rocking, man, with the Nits and Rangers going deep into the playoffs, playing in the NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Final, it's like New York sports, that was like, it's peak. You know, the city just like rallies around those two teams a little differently, so. 2014 vibes. We shall see, we shall see. But uh, that'll just about do it here. 
for the Monday edition of Offsides. Uh, got a little goofy at the end, but we made it through, pushed through here on the first Monday back after spring break with Owen Colwell and Chris DeZillo. I'm your host, Aaron Hood. You can listen to uh, Offsides Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 5 to 6 p.m. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday evening. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.